0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody, especially the Leon family. This is Weekly Roundup with Reiki, episode 29. We come to you every week, same time, same place. I know we had to adapt this week, but we are Leons. We always adapt. So I always appreciate the love and support that I've continued to receive with this format and with this space. It's slowly turning a lot of heads, we're getting a lot of attention. People are starting to realize the quality of research that they get here. Um, So we're going to get the show on the road. We're going to start with our project updates. I can't tell you how excited I am about this. Phase two continues to mint. We are full force. Um, We're sitting at about 620 Leon's that have been minted. So clap, clap, clap. Proud of the Leon family. A special shout out to Chutney. Uh, malo and i know heath ledger and uh chevrolet everybody's just been crazy minting and being super optimistic with the historics and i know chutney got a little unlucky there but i love chutney's energy and the and the attitude that um he brings to this whole thing and This is why we love our Leon family, because we wouldn't be able to do what we do if we did not have this strong backbone of core community members that have done their research, that have been here since day one, that have seen the ups and downs that we've been through and seen the way we have executed literally everything. If we had to switch strategies, if we had to figure out, put something before the other thing, we've done this all. So super grateful to the leon family so now that we're sitting there you know that we're past the goal for our company creation so we're gonna talk about that stuff real quick shortly but we're now entering the territory of raising the funds for our ecosystem so um as you know uh we already have a new mint condition which was already fulfilled uh we we have been uh Letting you know for a while now. So if you mint 10 Leon's, you get a one free airdrop to you. And the first airdrop happened this Monday. And I hope everybody has checked their OpenSea hidden folder because that's where airdrops go. So I hope you've seen your airdrops and I hope you like them. Uh, our devs were able to automate the process so it was very smooth. Hope you like your airdrops. Another exciting piece of news, the second airdrop is gonna happen at the end of our phase two mint so we have about three some 350 some 100 uh more leons to mint don't quote me on that i don't know the exact numbers uh but we're we're looking pretty good so whenever we mint out uh we should be able to give you your second airdrop exciting exciting times there um so yeah appreciate everybody for continuing to mint if you haven't i know a lot of core community members are reaching the Whale Leon status, which is absolutely bonkers. I love you guys for that. Nothing makes me more happy than our core community members building on to their trust that they already uh, entrust us with. We're extremely proud of that. And it holds us to even higher standards that we we just have to continue to deliver quality day in and day out, no matter what we do for you guys. So uh, pretty exciting stuff there. Um Talking about the project updates, I know you guys love, and I hope I have brainwashed you all to get excited about the unsexy part of Web3, which is the legal stuff. Um, Meeting with the lawyer that we have, Vincent, if you remember when we did the phase two uh, party, I sat down on a session with our core family members in Discord. We did a DYOR on our legal team. We saw the picture of Vincent. We saw who he is, we saw his profile. So we did all that research. So now we know who Vincent is. If you don't, then you can go to LEAX. You can look up Leaks. It's the law firm that we're working with in Switzerland. And you can look up Vincent over there. His picture is right on the partner's page. Super exciting stuff. So uh, the meeting with the lawyer, uh, so meeting with Vincent from Leaks last Friday, they did not, (laughs) Alex and Tony told me to mention this. They did not waste any time. They scheduled that meeting last Friday. They did not wait for this week or next week. Um, The meeting went really great. And um, they have agreed upon a deal uh, for the first few things that need to happen. And they expect a return from them with this first phase of work that needs to happen for company creation in about one to two weeks. That's a really good turnaround time with legal stuff. So very excited about that. Second thing we need to talk about is our notary uh, who is Gregory. And they met with him yesterday. Anybody and everybody that qualifies for pre-sale, which is everybody that had Leon's or was a partner project very specific condition there. Anybody that has a qualifying wallet for pre-sale upon public interest and community core community members, literally asking for it. And you know, community asked for it, we provide it. So we are sitting, at a situation where we are providing presale every week. So every Thursday presale opens, it opened today. And I know a bunch of our core community members, I don't shut uh minutes. Some, I know some other people have minted some, so everybody, congratulations. We're going to do this until we mint out for phase two for a limited amount of time, every Thursday, you get to mint, uh, your lovely Leon's for phase two, fresh out of the box. For the pre sale price for a limited amount of time and continue to build towards that 10 that you get that gets you that extra Leon. So that extra Leon makes a huge difference because you don't know what you'll get. So, what if that legendary comes your way? So, there's that pre sale information. Um, We are again a reminder for everybody that if you have a wallet that is registered for pre sale, you cannot use it for public mint. So, you need a different wallet for public mint. So if you're running into an issue that you're trying to mint outside of the Thursday pre-mint that we open up, that's probably because you're using the pre-sale wallet for public mint. So simple solution, just create another wallet and then transfer your NFTs from your lovely Leon's from that wallet to your main wallet. All right. So um, the update on, so now we're going to go back um, to our notary, Gregory. So the meeting last week that I just shared about, um, that went really good. And where we stand this week is we are now working on paperwork to move forward with our uh, notary. Um, And we also met with our fiduciary last week, as I mentioned, and we are also looking good there to move forward with paperwork with them. So in combination with our lawyers, the fiduciary and the notary, things are moving along very smoothly. And I'm knocking on wood because it's all legal stuff. So you can count on Alex Antonio to do the homework. They are absolute beasts. And I tell you absolute beasts when it comes to negotiation. And the trick to negotiation is putting in the work, putting the initial research that needs to happen to know what they're going to ask for, to help them so that you can cut out some costs that goes into research initially. So that's, that's the kind of commitment that our founders have, that every penny that we spend needs to be spent wisely. So if there's extra work that our founders can do before the meeting, they'll spend hours, days researching something so the lawyers don't have to go back and charge them for that research. That's the kind of uh, stuff I'm talking about. And that is the kind of stuff I want each and every one of you to expect from your project founders. If you see your founders being lazy with fund management, tell them to come to the weekly roundup with ricky and listen to the kind of negotiations we do listen to the kind of commitment we have to make sure that every dollar that is spent every piece of ETH that we have is judicially spent at maximizing what we're doing for the betterment of our entire community and for our project so exciting stuff going on there um I already talked about um, how much pre-work goes into these meetings, and it's pretty cool that Alex and Antonio do that pre-work. They just don't offload everything to the legal team and then let them charge whatever they want for the research. So that's pretty cool stuff. I didn't know all of that. I learned so much from talking to Alex and Antonio. As I prepare my notes for our weekly roundup and I do my research, I'm like, oh my God, these guys are killing it. Like it, It's crazy how hard these guys work. So absolutely love that. Alex and have very exciting news to share. They are planning a business trip to Toulouse, and that is a reminder. That is where Michelle Konosinski is, and if you don't know who Michelle Konazinski is, you need to head to TCFX.io, and you will see his beautiful face there with his quote of why TCFX is going to be amazing, why crowdfunding is awesome, why tokenization is the future, all of that stuff. Michelle, again, a reminder, I sound like a broken record, but I'm going to keep reminding you, this guy is not messing around. Michelle is extremely important in the crowdfunding space. He is the, I believe the MD now was one of the founders of uh, WeSeed, which is the largest crowdfunding platform in Europe. This platform has raised over $400 million. And I said million with a big M. So this guy's nobody to mess around with. So they are going to meet him in person because as you remember, Michelle has been very kind to sign a contract with TCFX and Metalion Society to advise us with the experience that he has in the crowdfunding space and how we can take it to the next level with the utilization of blockchain and tokenization technology. So they're planning a business trip to go meet him to get more knowledge on the industry and also build some continue to build those relationships with him and his network so that we're prepared for when we launch and uh just putting in the extra work up front that needs to happen to ensure that we're successful. Um exciting times for TCFX. Everybody's been thinking, all right, company creation, great. What happens next? What are you thinking? Are you gonna sit around once the company's created and open shop and just sit around? No guys, company creation's happening, but what's happening at the background is also Alex and Tony are already in works contacting people that have actual projects that are already out there that delivered value. They have revenue that's already out there that are trying to grow. So they have already been contacted by Macroverse, which is an already established firm with a revenue and model. Um, so they want to raise funds. So they're already there, guys. They're already excited. They already want to be on board. So they're in initial business development talks with uh, with them for using TCFX for their next crowdfunding. Um, so who knows? So this, this is the kind of commitment, guys, I'm talking about. We're just not creating tech and be like, all right, we have the best thing out there. We're just going to be flooded with people. That's not how it works. You have to learn to work in parallel. You have to get multiple things running. You have to learn to work on multiple things at the same time. If you have to make it in web three, we have company creation with our fiduciaries, with our notary, with our legal team. We have this bridge that's being built with Michelle and his network by this business trip that Alex and Tony are going to take. Then we have potential lineup of platforms or companies that already want to get onboarded when we're ready to launch so you see how there's these parallel units of work that are happening that's how you ensure success you need you leave no stone unturned you just don't leave anything to luck you just put in the work you just think about all the things you plan ahead of time and you execute ahead of time so when the time comes You don't rely on luck or the market for you to pump or whatever. You don't wait for market conditions. You create your luck with your work. So that's the kind of work I think I'm talking about there. So I geek out about this stuff. I get super excited when I get to share these kind of updates with you guys. I know Alex gets really mad at me. He's like, Ricky, like you're probably the only person that gets super excited about like these these business updates. I'm like, no, like. The Leon family is getting excited about this stuff more than me at this point. I see so many of you ask me so many good questions. And when I see retweets of this space, I see that you guys are focusing on the right things. And it makes me so proud that that was my mission to realign every Leon family member from hype. And I know we are people that never believed in hype in the first place, but there's so much hype on Twitter, so much fake hype about fake stuff. That real stuff, that real work and real quality work gets hidden sometimes because real work is always humble and the stuff that is always humble gets hidden in the, in the shadow of people yelling on top of their lungs with, with no quality. So we need to bring quality back. And when you guys retweet the space and write your, write your thoughts about what you're learning, about business side of Web3. And I love so many of you are going into your different communities, asking your founders about what are their plans, how are they planning to succeed, what is their roadmap looking like, how are they handling their funds, all of those questions. They need to know that what is going on. Why are we getting bombarded with these good questions? They need to know those are coming from their Leon family. That's the Leon mindset. If you don't know something, ask about it. If you're unsure about something, ask about it. We have so many tickets that open on a weekly basis, asking so many good questions about either the ecosystem or the utility, and we have no problem repeating ourselves. We love our Leon family. We are Leon's together. If there's something we don't know, we'll put in the work and we'll get that for you. If we don't know, we don't know. And we can tell you that once we get to that point, we can let you know. So that, that, that's something that I am so proud of, of each and every one of us that we're putting this energy out there that, Hey, I don't care about how much money you're putting into your marketing budget. I need to know how much time and effort you're putting into doing things the right way. So I appreciate you guys for doing that stuff. Um, just, uh, another, okay. Going back to the, um, projects and business updates here. Uh, We are, uh, so Alex and Antonio are now going to meet next week with a bank because they would need a company bank account. So they're going to get their company bank account set up for TCFX. um, And that's going to be pretty exciting. Um, So things are, all the things are moving in the right direction, guys. Just, Think about all the things these guys have done in just one damn week. Like, it's crazy how much work these guys put in. And it's not like this stuff is easy. Most of it can wait, but these guys don't wait around. If there's stuff that can happen in parallel, they just freaking go for it. And I love that. So to wrap up our project updates, I just want to remind everybody that we are looking good for our company creation funding-wise. So yay, Leon family. We freaking did it. You all did it. I'm so damn proud of each and every one of us. Um, Now it's time to get us to the ecosystem. If we want the ecosystem, we can get there. I am nobody to create FOMO. I hate FOMO personally. We are all about what the community wants. If we want the ecosystem, it will be built but we need to get to Phase two goals because the numbers have been done with eth doing what it's doing. Little less might work out. But once we mint out phase two, ecosystem development starts in parallel. So everything's ready to go in terms of resources, and it's just signing contracts, I believe, at that point with the funding. So, yeah, um, we have no rush for phase two, so no need to FOMO, just letting you guys know. It matters to me that you do what's best for you, and that is what makes me happy that each and every one of us thinks and works that way, um, because it's important to know your long-term goals, and we want you to do what you want to do. And I cannot tell you how happy I get when I see everybody's new Leons that have been minted, and I see those new combinations, so many amazing things, so... Yeah, um ecosystem development starts right after phase 2 ends, so let's uh let's get to that goal guys. I personally I'm so excited for the ecosystem. I can't tell you. I've been looking forward to it ever since I joined the project since day <laughs> day 1 whenever I joined. And I was like, "Oh my god, I just love what's happening here." So Yeah. Um, those are all of the updates that I had on our project and business side of things. So, um, time to move on to our market updates. So as you know, I break up our market updates into subsections. So the first subsection that I want to talk about is what's very relevant right now. It's all the banking collapse that's happening right now. So, um, Deutsche Bank is the next to fall. So if you remember, Credit Suisse, who's like literally the largest bank in Switzerland, um, went under. Uh, UBS, I believe, has bought it for like two point three billion dollars. Um, so it's all good. they had a bunch of bad debt, and um, they had just the credit, the ripple effects of. Uh, The credit defaults, not credit defaults, but like everything that's happened with the increasing interest rates in the U.S. is having ripple effects all over the world because, yes, U.S. is the financial hub of the world. If U.S. banks struggle, it's evident world banks are going to struggle. So bank collapses. Next bank that is looking really bad right now is Germany's largest bank is Deutsche Bank. They're not looking good at all. Um, they're struggling and it's just, they're on life support right now. So who knows when they're going to go under. It doesn't make me happy because the FOMO and all the maxis out there, Bitcoin maxis, ETH maxis, they're just rejoicing like, oh, let all the banks fail. Bitcoin goes to $1 million. Ethereum goes to $20,000. What they don't understand is you just don't, sit around and hope the existing system falls apart before the next system can take over bitcoin ethereum or any other blockchain is not enterprise ready the kind of volume and the kind of infrastructure traditional banking has forget about why these banks are falling apart with fractionalized banking that's just bad practice the technology stack on one has been put together over multiple decades. So it's pretty solid. It's used extensively over the world. It barely breaks. So you just can't sit around and hope that, Hey, something that works and has been stable in terms of, again, I'm not saying stable monetarily. I'm saying stable technology wise. So I, I want to be very clear. I'm not supporting banks, I'm not a bank maxi or anything. I'm just saying you just can't sit around and hope that the existing system falls apart while you hope a experimental technology and i and i'm a i'm i'm a maxi for blockchain i'm a maxi for crypto right so i want these technologies to succeed right but at the same time i'm a real realist i know that these technologies are not ready ethereum is not ready for a billion people bitcoin is absolutely not ready for a billion people no quote no crypto no blockchain is ready for a billion people right now So we need a gradual transition into this tech. That will require about five to 10 years, in my opinion, for mainstream adoption. When I say mainstream adoption, I'm talking at least a billion people in the world using this tech on a daily basis, using their banks or whatever. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm a realist about this stuff. I know how tech works. I have worked in tech. uh, So I know how software migration is the biggest pain in the world. So anybody that's out there celebrating bank collapses is an absolute delusional human being. And most of them happen to be in crypto, sadly. Um, And the sad part of it is they think they're smart, but they're not. And then they go to Twitter and claim that, oh, banks are falling, so Bitcoin's going to 1 million. They don't realize that's not how it works. Um, It's great to have Bitcoin in your portfolio, it's great to have ETH in your portfolio, but you can't just, again, I can't repeat myself enough. You can't just hope that your dream of one currency becoming the world dominant currency in in a month because all the banks are falling apart works because that's not, it's not practical. It's wishful thinking. We're not about wishful thinking in the Leon family. We're about building our future. So we're going to keep doing that. All right. So that was the bank, bank updates, bank collapses, sadly, just one more bank, but it's a, Pretty huge bank. It's got trillions of dollars in assets. Deutsche Bank looking bad. Who knows? I'm going to keep you guys updated what it looks like this week. Operation Chokepoint 2.0. Remember, um, I've been talking about this for a while. U.S. government choking down the crypto industry because they don't like it. I don't know why they don't like it. I have my speculations, but I'm not a speculative person, so I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, But Operation Chokepoint goes on. And this is spicy. And when I say this is spicy, it's just, it almost starts feeling like five-year-old kids fighting against each other. It's like slapping each other. So what's happened is CFTC is, it, it takes care of commodities. So we've talked about the SEC a lot. So SEC handles securities, right? Stocks, bonds. CFTC handles commodities, right? So CFTC, hear me out. CFTC has sued Binance and the founder CZ over fraud acquisitions about doing multiple things. So I I don't know. I've not read the whole thing in detail, but I looked at like the highlighted parts of like the important pieces of the whole, it was multiple, like 20, 30 pages. So I just didn't want to read through the whole thing, but a highlight of the important things that have stood out for me from glancing through it is, uh, first of all, they make a really good case against Binance and CZ. So a bunch of, so these case, all the things that they've listed that they think are fraud or allegations for fraud, they happened pretty early, like 2016, 17. So I get it. Like Binance was trying to grow. So they probably like turned a trying to blind eye to some things that shouldn't have allowed, like some money laundering stuff, some internal trading stuff, some, trading against people on the exchange, creating fake accounts. I get it. Not supporting CZ in any way, but I'm saying that I see that he was growing really fast, so I bet he was probably in the mindset. I try to put myself in the mindset of the person I'm trying to talk about, right? So if I were CZ and I was trying to grow my exchange to multiple countries, sure, there might have been cases where CZ might have been like, yeah, I'll go back to that when I have money to take care of regulations, so... Binance is pretty big at this point, so I'm I'm pretty sure he's gonna figure out a way uh, to take care of it. I usually think most of the times when CFTC files a lawsuit against somebody, it's usually a slap on the wrist for a few million dollars, depending on how much fraud they're claiming, and everything's good after that. So I'm, I'm pretty sure this is just FUD right now, how people are blowing this out of proportion that Binance is going down. It never happens like that. If you look at any history of CFTC, they usually settle out of court for any amount of fees. that usually ranges between two to 5% of the total amount they're claiming or sometimes 10% if it's like really bad. So CZ will be fine, Binance will be fine. Don't, don't panic about that. And um, important thing to talk about though Is CFTC's claiming in that lawsuit that the reason they can sue Binance and CZ is because Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB, and a bunch of stable coins, they're all, wait for it, and I say wait for it, because we all know that somebody called Gary Gensler from the SEC has been yelling on top of his lungs on every news channel that all of these things, except Bitcoin, are securities. And guess what CFTC's saying? Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB, and a bunch of other crypto, everything, including stable coins, is a commodity. So here's why I'm saying this is spicy. There's a lawsuit ongoing with Ripple for SEC, which is literally the largest lawsuit that everybody's watching with their eyes glued to the screen because it's going to define the future of the crypto industry in the U.S. Um, So Ripple claimed that they did not have fair notice. The lawsuit that SEC has brought to Ripple is a non-fraud lawsuit. So they're not claiming that the founders or the company did anything fraudulent. They're just saying that they violated security laws by not registering with the SEC. Common sense makes sense. I'm like, all right, I get you, SEC. I see what you're doing. But the thing is. Ripple went to SEC in 2013. They went to talk to SEC. They're like, yo, guys, you think this is cool? You think this is great? And they're like, all right, cool. We, we, we're fine. Uh, they didn't say yes or no. They're just like, we don't like some of this, but we, we're we cool. And then later, Ripple changed their business model to accommodate the changes that were recommended. And then eight years later, eight freaking years later, SEC is like, oh, by the way, um you've been dealing securities all this while so it's like guys we talked with you eight years ago where were you what were you doing sleeping at your desk what what was going on so it's called fair notice defense and i'm learning so much about law just because of the lawsuit and why it's important for you to know because it, it defines the future of crypto so um what's going on now is SEC has been going around, and remember, Gary Gensler has been going around taking rounds in all these news channels, major news channels, saying, the rules are clear, the rules are clear, come in and register, rules are clear, keeps repeating himself. So somebody tell me, the CFTC says Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all the other crypto are commodities, and this is 2023, by the way, not 2013, so today... CFTC says crypto is commodity, SEC says crypto is security, DOJ, Department of Justice, says crypto is virtual currency. Three departments from the same damn government cannot agree on what crypto is, and then SEC claims that Ripple had to know in 2013 what they were selling securities. I call bullshit. <laughs> if you guys are following with me, this is this is funny, right? <laughs> Am I the only one that thinks this is stupid and funny? So this really destroys the credibility of SEC. And I know why I said it's like five-year-old kids fighting in the backyard. It's because CFTC is like, oh my God, look at SEC. They're going to take over crypto. And they're like, we want the piece of the pie. So guys, remember whenever you get scared that crypto industry is going to go to zero or I don't know if you're scared about that, but crypto is a genie out of the bottle. It's not going back. But sometimes when market falls, like people get scared, right? So just a reminder to you, do regulators want to fight over something that's going to go to zero? Are they going to fight this hard over something that they think is worthless? Just, just common sense. Like I'm not even asking you to speculate. I'm just saying are you going to go fight with your neighbor over a dead dog? I, I mean, I shouldn't say that, but I can't think of any other example. Would you fight with your neighbor about, I don't know, like a plastic bag that has nothing in it? No. You're going to fight over gold. There might be dust over that gold today, but you know that under that dust, there's gold. That's why you're fighting with your neighbor over it. SEC and CFTC are acting the same way. And it's making me believe that these guys know something that we don't. All these companies that are coming out there, Fidelity, BlackRock, JP Morgan, they're all just waiting. There's some, they're just waiting for this turf war between SEC and CFTC to end so they can just swoop in and get all the industry. Right? So, um, just a reminder again. I want you to think for yourself, I'm here to bring you facts. That's the lawsuit. People are looking at the surface, they're freaking out. You see those thumbnails of the crypto influencers holding their mouths, just yelling like crypto's going to zero, CZ's going to jail. Reality is, this was basically the CFTC telling the SEC, hey guys, um, can we have a piece of the pie too? Cause apparently you just want the whole thing for yourself. So this lawsuit is not even about Binance, it's about CFTC telling SEC to calm down and tell them that, by the way, we think everything you think is a security, we think it's a commodity. So I'm just, it's just funny to me. Um, All right, CBDC, CBDC, guys, Uh, exciting stuff happening. The UAE Central Bank, United Arab Emirates, and the Middle East is kicking butt, by the way, in crypto, Um, they have signed a deal with uh, Abu Dhabi-based G24 cloud and digital finance services. It's a digital company which deals in DLT technology. Again, DLT stands for Distributed Ledger Technology. Their technology provider is R3. R3 is a, again, it's a blockchain which talks to multiple other blockchains. It's mainly used to settle transaction. It's mainly used in the finance industry. Um, so it's really cool for that. I've looked into R3 because I've i looked into XRP and r3 uses xrp like you can plug in xrp into r3 and settle cross-border transactions within minutes it's pretty cool stuff um so the digital dirham the the currency of the uae um and phase one of this project the contract's been signed phase one is going to be uh, basically the um uh, they're gonna test out domestic um Actually, they're going to test out international trade deals. So basically international trade settlements. And the first phase is going to run for 12 to 15 months. And then they're going to try um, some peer-to-peer, not peer-to-peer, but like retail level transactions. So they're going to open it up in a phase-to-phase approach. And this is, this is, I never get excited about CBDCs, by the way. I think UAE, again, I'm going to cross my fingers and I'm going to knock on wood. And I think UAE might be the CBDC that I get impressed by. You know I've not been impressed by any CBDC so far. So I want to see what they're doing because their approach is really smart. They're doing it in a, in a phased approach. And they're doing it for the good of the business. And they're, they're seeing the value that it brings. Now talking about progress, now we're off to Nigeria. You know the Nigerian government's really trying to control its people. And that's like the bad example of what CBDC is not supposed to be and it's used for surveillance. And the e-Naira was not being adopted. Remember, like only 1% people are using it. What's happened in the past few weeks is they're seeing a spike in the adoption of the digital Naira, e-Naira. And that's not because all of a sudden the people start thinking that, oh, the Naira is the best currency. The digital Naira is the best. CBDC is the best. No, the government literally has created a shortage of... Uh shortage of currency, physical currency. And if you remember, another thing that the government did was choked out people from getting more than $500 per week from their ATMs. So they're basically forcing their people to use the digital naira because there's no other option at this point other than Bitcoin. And most people can't even use Bitcoin because Bitcoin's trading at a full 100% premium in Nigeria. And not Most Nigerians don't have that kind of money. So it's kind of shady. And I don't like it. I really don't like it. I don't like how Nigerian government's treating the CBDC. Um, Let's talk about regulation now. So China is actually surprising me with this one. So China Ministry of Industry and Information Technology is working on updating its standards on blockchain technology they're working on clarifying their design details for distributed ledger technology by 2025. So what basically it's gonna do, I'm not gonna go too detail into this, but what they're really doing here is they're setting the groundwork for the Chinese businesses and the government to have a blueprint of how to implement digital ledger, uh, distributed ledger technology and blockchain technology into their businesses and their government. By 2025, they want this standard to be set so that everybody has this blueprint template that they can use and they, they go create their businesses and it just makes it more efficient. And this ties into their bigger vision for 2035, which is the national economic and social development vision for 2035. Again, China is just so strategic about this stuff. It makes me scared for like the West because here we're just... Uh, the White House just put out a paper literally telling people that, oh, crypto's a scam. It's got no value. This technology is stupid. And here's China already integrating this tech into their vision for 2035. I don't know, guys. Um, fingers crossed. But I hope we get some people in government in the West that actually are not 5,000 years old and actually understand this technology and see what groundbreaking value it's got. Um, The G7 countries, so again, G7, Japan, United States, United Kingdom, Canada, France, Germany, and their European Union all come together once a year. I think it's once a year or twice, uh, once in two years or something. So they came together and they all agree that there needs to be a collaborative effort to tighten crypto regulations. And I don't like the wording because when they say tighten, I'm hearing control. So they want to control crypto. And they said that they're going to come out with a cooperative strategy and they're going to outline that stuff by May, May of this year. You know, I'm going to read that thing front to back and you're going to hear all about it. I'm a, I am might just do a whole damn space for an hour just breaking that paper down. If you're nerdy enough, hop on because I'm going to read that thing. Um, so all the G7 major countries are coming together for crypto regulation. This is This could be good or bad. I am a skeptic for the government stuff because I know wh- where their minds are at. So I know their motivations. Uh, so not too hopeful about this, but it, it's, again, not going to into despair or anything. This this is good to observe that there's some sort of collective work happening at the regulatory level. The more certainty there is, the more businesses can thrive. So that's the good side of regulation. So never never discount regulation, something I tell people. Um, quickly talking about adoption. So adoption, we're talking about today, uh, Fujitsu. If you don't know what Fujitsu is, you've been living under a rock and that's okay because um, mainstream mer- media barely gives us information about anything in the world. So Fujitsu is one of the biggest tech companies in Japan. It makes literally everything that you can think about. Um, they want to start offering financial services, including accepting, depositing, financial loans, financial management, and all of that in a exchange for crypto assets. So they want to create an exchange where they can do all these services. So if Fujitsu wants to get into that stuff, guys, it's huge. And um, I wish I could say that in Trump's voice like Heath can, but I can't. So, um, I'll leave that to him for that, but, uh, super excited about Fujitsu jumping into crypto. Um, very excited about what's happening in Ethereum. I've been telling you about the Ethereum upgrade that's coming up. So the date has been finalized by the devs and it's April 12th and I might do a tracking party or something in discord. I know I did a tracking party for Uh, a a countdown party for the merge when it happened. And we talked through the whole thing. We listened to the live merge call. This upgrade is not that big compared to the merge, but it's still important because this is the first time in two years. uh, And it's called a chapella hard fork. And I think it's a combination of a Shanghai and I don't know what the Pella part stands for. Uh, But it's a combination of two upgrades that needed to happen. Now they're happening together. Most important thing to take away from this is everybody that was staking their Ethereum in the validators to run the proof of stake chain, because Ethereum is not proof of stake. If you if you don't remember, Ethereum used to be a proof of work. You had to run expensive computers to solve problems, to get your ETH and validate. Now you just have to stake your ETH. And based on your stake, you're able to validate transactions and you get you get Once you uh, are a good actor and you're able to process those transactions and you create those blocks you get a percentage of the fee and you get a incentive from the network for being good if you're not being good at trying to attack the network your stake gets slashed which means they take away from the eth that you put in minimum of 32 eth is required for one validator uh, if you don't have that you can join mining pools like rocket pools out there there's lido you can put whatever ETH you have and you can join a pool with other people and you get a percentage based on how many ETH you put in. So April 12th is the day to remember. ETH devs are excited about this. People will finally be able to withdraw their ETH from the validators. Again, my take on that, people are speculating that ETH price is gonna tank because everybody's gonna unstake and everybody's gonna sell their ETH. Again, it's all freaking FUD. Yes, ETH might drop. Who cares? It's not going to go to freaking 1,000 because of this. It's just there might be a little pullback because, yes, some people might want to take profits. And these will be people that have generated some revenue through this. They're not going to sell their validators. They're not going to unstake. They might sell their profits. And why do I say they're not going to unstake? When people put in their ETH to validate, it was two years ago is when Ethereum started, Uh, Beacon Chain was launched in parallel to the old chain, which was proof of uh, work. Then ETH was about $3,000. So right now people are under by about 40%. These people have waited two years for this. They are not impatient enough unless they have really important financial needs that need them to liquidate their assets. Then sure, I get it, but not everybody's having a financial emergency right now. So people that are claiming everybody's gonna unstake and Ethereum is just gonna, first of all, there's a limit on how much ETH you can unstake, how many validators you can unstake in a day. I think it's 44,000 or something. So it's it's built in that the network stays stable. And by the way, the more people that unstake and the more number for, of validators goes down, the reward percentage goes up. So it's like a self, uh, self-sustaining self loop. The, more, the less validators you have, the more APY you get. So it's more enticing. So the more people come in to get that nice APY, so APY goes down as more validators. So it's like a self-healing uh, system. It's like a good incentive system. So it's like very stable. Uh, people that want to sell their profits, like the ETH that they've earned from all the staking over the two years, sure, it's going to be less than 0.5% of the whole supply of Ethereum. So Ethereum has a deep liquidity. I really don't think ETH is going to – I look at like two to 5% drop or something. I don't like to talk about price anyway, but people that are scared to death about, Oh my God, he's going to zero when, or he's going to drop to 600 or something when, uh, when this upgrade goes live, cause everybody's going to sell. No, not everybody can sell and not everybody's going to sell. Those are two important things to remember. So no FUD, just read the finer print, read the updates, see how it works. That's why I do the research if you don't want to. So Nothing to worry about, super exciting stuff. That is all the updates I had, guys, for you this week. With that, I want to thank each and every one of you again for being here and being responsible for your investments, being responsible for your journey in crypto and Web3. Your job is to learn. My job is to bring you the knowledge. So love all the questions. Always, always available in DMs. Love each and every one of you. Um, We are Leon's and we are gonna make it have a wonderful day or night everybody take care stay blessed